once upon a cult. Hi, Victoria. Hi. We're back. We are. We're back, bitches. What? what? It's been a whole week. I know. <laughs> so, speaking of week, yes. how has your week been? I think it's been, it's been pretty good. Um, yeah. I went shopping one day. Sounds like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went to the gym a couple times, which is good. Yeah. Um, I just got a new gym membership, so. I, mean, I like the way you say membership, membership going. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got a new gym membership. <laughs> I had to really pronounce that P. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I really am making a goal to go to the gym and be good. And I was good, I think, overall. And it shows, girl. Thank you. Damn. Damn. Yes. I'm living that keto life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I've mostly given up meat. Yes. So yeah. that's been going good. Um, this week's been crazy for me. Why? What happened? I went to Disney on Saturday. Yes. I went to Universal Halloween Horror Nights on Sunday. Yes. I went to Not Scary Farm on Thursday. Yes. And we're going to Disneyland after Yay! this. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I also did a lot of Disneyland. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we always do a lot of Disney. Yeah. I just renewed my pass. Yay! So, we're not here to talk about ourselves no. the whole time, though. No. We're, we're here to talk about the Rush Niche. Yes. Osho. Osho. Bagwan. Whatever his name is this week. <laughs> the motherfucker changes his name all the time. Right. Come on, girl. <laughs> Who are you? And he changed other people's names. Choose a name, Lady Gaga. Right? Choose a name. <laughs> <laughs> so, we both had a similar experience with this because yeah. we watched... Wild Wild Country on Netflix. As many of you all did, yeah. I'm sure. I think everybody's watched Wild Wild Country. I know. <laughs> it was a great documentary. I'm going to say, though, well I think it was well done, and it was it showed an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. So, but you actually got to get a little more of his history with another... Yeah, so when with my research, what I did this week, because I had watched already Wild Wild Country. I know you hadn't, so I'd recommended that you watch that. I actually did more traditional stuff. I looked up on, of course, good old Wikipedia, um, but I also went and read some other websites, and I looked for some other things. I really wanted to try to look at who Osho was um, before all this started and because I think for me like what's fascinating is understanding where these cult leaders came from and you know what I thought was really interesting is so far like I know we're only three episodes in but of these three episodes we've done I've seen very similar characteristics in all these cult leaders but as children mm -hmm. like they've all been interested with death and life and like it starts at such an early age and for Osho who at the time was um, his name was actually Shandara Mohan Jane. I but thought they, it'd be funny if it was like John. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bill. <laughs> you know, good old Bill. Uh, no, but he would go, his um, grandparents actually raised him until he was seven and were, he was kind of just off on his own like grandma's like yeah cool whatever and then at seven his grandpa died and i think it hit him really hard which at seven yeah yeah you know your whole entire world just turned upside down so it's really interesting to me though that John, jim jones he used to practice we talked about it he used to practice as a kid having funerals in his barn mm -hmm. 
and then um, we 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 didn't have a lot of it, I think, in terms of um, Jehovah's Witness, but we didn't look too too closely at their childhood of not Charles, the original who founded it, so to speak, but the guy that was Rutherford. Rutherford. Ru- Rutherford. <laughs> yeah, Rutherford. Um, he, I didn't look as much into his childhood, but I know, I think I, I picked up some things that it was a little rocky in his childhood mm-hmm. too, so. And then this guy saw him. I wonder yeah. if there's something to that. Like, I wonder if they're almost afraid of losing people, so they bring as many people around them as possible just to s- surround Ooh. themselves with life. That is a good thought. See, I mean, teased it at lunch. I know you did. I, I saved I it like, for the mic. <laughs> I know. We, we, people don't know this, but before we actually sit down to record, we probably have like an hour and a half long conversation <laughs> of all the things that we want to talk about. And then we record and it's like, oh yeah, we listened. We talked about a, a, this cold. <laughs> no, no big deal. No, never mind like the stuff we just discussed like in the previous hour and a half. So we're getting better. We, t- we stop ourselves. I'm like, wait, I'm gonna, I really want to tell mic. you this. I'm going to save it for the mic. <laughs> All right, so um, so going back, though, to baby Osho, baby Bagwan. Baby John. Baby John. Bill. <laughs> uh, so he was pretty pretty interested, though, in death at an early age. So he had his grandpa dead at seven, and at 15, he had a girlfriend that also died and a cousin. So he had all these experiences, I think, with death, and it just really made him, kind of formed him into who he was. Um, And I'm just going to throw this out here, too. I don't think he was a terrible person. Um, You know, like, looking in hindsight, too, like, everything that he kind of moved on to, I still don't think he was a terrible person. Hmm. We'll save that to the end. We'll save it to the end. I'll save myself. I was going to stop you if you yeah, didn't. Thank you. All right. Um, so let's talk about kind of what what they believed, and I'll let you go. Okay. So they didn't really go into much detail on the beliefs, I feel like, in Wild Wild Country. Mm-hmm. But what I got from it, and correct me if I'm wrong, is it focused a lot on freedom of sexuality, you know, whether it be with one person or multiple. Mm-hmm. Um, also, which like, is why I knew you would like this. Oh, no, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> um, it also had a lot to do with like yoga, mm-hmm. and we saw the kind of the screaming matches, which the dynamic meditation. Yes, dynamic yes. meditation. Where that part kind of freaked me out when they showed it, it in the documentary, mm-hmm. but it makes sense. We we kind of talked about when you elevate your senses that high where you're screaming and getting all this anger out and then you just stop and you're in a sense you're in a state of just calm Mm -hmm. it really pumps up that calm and makes you have this kind of false sense of euphoria euphoria yeah Yeah. uh... (laughs) and it's actually used by other beliefs out there too yes i thought that was interesting because um he did pick and choose it seems like a lot from different beliefs so what I have kind of found about Osho, where at the time he was still Rajneesh, which was not his name, but just a childhood nickname. Mm. Whatever. Raja <laughs> That's something for good short. to base a whole yeah. belief system on. Yeah. So, anyway, so uh, Raji over here, when he was um, younger, after the whole, like, 
death thing, he really started to look into studying religion. And he studied a lot of religions, not just his own thing he came up with. But he started um, to study religion, philosophy, and he actually, what he had believed was, yeah, about free sex and whatnot, but he had believed um, more about just celebrating life. And it wasn't just supposed to be focused on sex. And I think it's really interesting that they have the, that they're known as the sex cult because realistically, aside from Wild Wild Country, all my other research I did, there was very, very, very little talk about the sex that would go on. But I, so I don't, I didn't get the sense that the sex was a huge part of it, but I, what I took from what I had read and what I kind of interpreted interpreted was that um, it's not it wasn't about the sex, but it was about the free will of sex. Mm -hmm. So be free to have sex with whoever you want and do whatever you want. And it, I didn't take it as a sense of like, oh, cool, Ocean's telling me I can go have sex with anybody. I'm just gonna go out and do the whole town. No, I I interpreted it as like, if I was gay, I could be gay, and that's all right. I didn't take it as just do everything, you know what I mean? One of the, we'll get to it, but one of mm -hmm. the people who were forced out was mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of homo shit going on in there. So I, I took that as, yeah. you can do that. Yeah, like it was okay and it was accepted. And I think that was really like, after reading a lot about him, I felt like that was really what he was about. He was the one that was just trying to be like, hey, like, I, I feel like if he was around today, he would have been like, we all got one life, just do make the most of it and do what's gonna make you happy. YOLO for YOLO. sure. YOLO, that's right. Yo Osho was YOLO. Osho for yo yo. YOLO. I can't even say it. Osho for YOLO. Yes. YOLO Osho. But yeah, definitely. Um, especially this came about late seventies to I think nineteen eighty five. Yeah, like, I think that was, well, I think that's when things kind of started winding down. The organ stuff. To um, the end, yeah, the organ stuff. But, and he really started preaching, um, and he went out to the streets, and and I think he was just tired of his religion, because one of the ones that he criticized the most was his own, what his own that he was brought up in. Um, he did also, though, have things to say about, like, Hindus. Um, and it, what was really interesting is because, so, when he was, like, t almost 20 years old, this is, like, in the 1950s, he actually began doing, like, public speakings, and he had started getting invited to do, um, like, forums and, like, speak publicly. So, even though there was so much controversy around him, so all these places were like, oh, it's kind of controversial, yet we're going to let him do his thing. Yeah. So, it was, that was kind of interesting, but... Um, so he would go and just like kind of preach and at the time like I gotta say I would have been like yeah I'm right there with you dude because one thing he came out like and said was he didn't agree with a lot of the um, the um, some of the the practices that Hindus did like there was one thing and I wrote down how to pronounce it because I know I'm gonna pronounce it wrong and I'm sorry uh, Sati or Sudi and so he came out and was like yeah this is not cool so basically the practice of Sati or however you say it because I know I'm saying it wrong Sati 
uh, is a largely historical Hindu funeral practice in South Asia in which the newly widowed sacrifices herself by sitting on atop her deceased husband's funeral fire. So she kills herself with at her husband's funeral. That's terrible. Yes. And Osha was kind of like, hey, that's not cool. Right. So, yeah, like, he was just, I felt like he was really just out like, hey, maybe some of these ideas are a little outdated and maybe we should, like, I don't know, not do some of these things anymore. So, I was kind of with him. <laughs> like, I think he was just, I think he really, when he was setting out, and he was just young and this young, ambitious person, I was like, I'm going to do something good and change the world. Like, I just want people to, he was enlightened, mm -hmm. you know, he, he hit a sense of enlightenment at 21, and but it, he didn't start do, doing a lot of things until later in his life. Yeah. So it was really interesting. I think he just really wanted to promote what he felt was a happy and healthy life. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think a lot of people lost themselves in him because in the documentary they talk about, I met him, got lost in his eyes, mm -hmm. or I knew instantly this was an enlightened man I wanted to follow. Mm -hmm. So I almost wonder if a lot of that comes from wanting something to believe in. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that's actually part, a big part of why people join cults in the mm -hmm. first place. I think that a lot of people, especially not so much this cult or some of the others out there, but I think there's a lot of people that are like, this is total crap, but I like these people and I really want this community, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like, like there's some out there and you, you got to think like, yeah, there's no way you really believe that. And I actually listened to a podcast on a different cult and he, and, and it was a survivor of a cult that had actually executed themselves, I guess you'd say. Mm. But he was a survivor and came out and said like, yeah, I knew like what we believed in was kind of garbage. But he's like, but I had never felt more at home. And it's because I think, you know, that leader makes you feel welcome and loved, which Osho was actually really good at doing too. And I'll get into that in a minute. Um, and I think that's what helped spread. But I think um, people want that sense of community more than anything else, more than any other reason for joining a cult. I really feel that sense of community and that love that people get from one another is what they're after and what they get. I was watching on Amazon Prime, there was a documentary called What Makes a Cult. Mm -hmm. I didn't finish it for reasons, but um, one of the things they talked about really early on was it's called love bombing. Yeah. Where everybody from a community will come to you and oh i love your hair i love your clothes i love mm -hmm. you which and, we talked about last yeah. week too mm -hmm. with the jehovah's because that's what they're taught to do mm -hmm. when for their recruitment purposes so one thing i thought was really interesting and i think is what contributed to the huge spread of this one because this was another cult that was a worldwide presence and actually what's interesting to me is they still have a worldwide presence so that's what I think is most interesting about that is it's not like Jehovah's Witness where y'all don't know you're in a cult. You guys know you're in a cult. There's all this like, there was that documentary around it. Like there's been all kinds of stuff to come out around it. Like since all that and it's kind of like people are more aware of it now. So it's interesting that there are still so, so many members 
even though they know this is classified as a fault. But you know when you're at work and you get yeah. paperwork saying like why Verizon is the best carrier, they probably get why Rajneeshism is not a cult. <laughs> <laughs> they probably told all the yeah. time, you're not in a cult. Don't worry about what people are saying about us. We're just we're just friends hanging out. Yeah, I wonder if they even talk about it. They might not. I feel like they probably don't. Because I, mm -hmm. I actually, <laughs> I went online and I just, when I first Googled Osho, their website was the first one to come up. So they still have an active website. Mm -hmm. You can actively listen to Osho's recordings. Wow. You and it, you can go there still. And it's it, it's like $27 for a day pass. <laughs> and you go meditate. That's all you do. They don't, you don't worship anything. But you don't, what about it's a meditation this sex with multiple people? Do you do that there? That's an extra fee. <laughs> But I believe that it is an option to add on to your Osho package. Okay. So when, when you, you say contact, Osho package, yeah, you contact your travel agent, <laughs> and you say, "I'd like the Osho package, please, with the add-ons." They'll know what that means. They're like, "Were you winking when you yeah. said that?" And I'm like, "Yes, that was a wink." You couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> So, you can go there, though, today, though, and meditate. But I feel like they, they probably just don't even talk about it or acknowledge it. It's like, what do you say? Mm -hmm. You know? So, let's talk about kind of where they came to a head with yeah. the state. Okay. So, Osho was doing his thing. He was preaching. And then he got a secretary. And his secretary... We're, he's actually had two. We're going to talk about the first one, though, because she was important, and she's, we're going to call her Laxmi, I believe. It was Ma something. Ma, by the way, I found that all the women, because he had, he had actually decided that everyone needed new names kind of thing. Okay. And this is where things maybe got started to get a little weird. Started, okay. Yeah. So he had seven disciples, mm. and one of which was, um, became his secretary, Ma Shana something. They were all, women were all Ma's and men were Swamis, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so anyway, so Ma Laksmi was his secretary and she started like organizing things and was like, okay, cool, we're, we're starting to get a following, let's like get our shit together. And so she started like finding places and so she set it up to where Osho didn't have to travel with his ward anymore she started getting with getting him in a small apartment so it wasn't it didn't strike me though it's like all right we're gonna build this as a center for everyone to come to us or it didn't strike me as like let's build this church I should say it struck me as like this is a convenience thing we're gonna go ahead and just do our thing here anybody that wants to come cool we're right here now we're not going out to get you. So I thought that was really kind of interesting, is that he was more about, like, let me let people come to me at first. At first. At first. So, so then things start growing a little bit, and Secretary kind of realizes, like, oh, I think we need something else. Something maybe bigger than an apartment. Which, I mean, it's like, hey, it kind of makes sense. Y'all are growing, right? Mm -hmm. So she leaves for a little while, and so she, while she's gone, a new Secretary comes in. Mashila, I don't know what her her technical name is, so we're just gonna call her Sheila. 
And this is where we start getting interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I remember watching the Wild Wild West documentary, and at first I was kind of like, funny, so "I watched Wild Wild Country," oh, but okay. I mean, you watched something about cowboys. That's fine. <laughs> you know, knowing me, I probably did. <laughs> I do love cowboys and, and Mario Kart. Go yeah. on. <laughs> you love that. Um, so yeah. So see, now I forgot what I was saying. I lost my train of thought because of you. No, really, what was I saying? <laughs> so, oh, Sheila. <laughs> oh, oh, Sheila. No? You're going to lose okay. it again. <laughs> All right, so Sheila steps in, and Sheila is, um, she starts kind of building up her presence first, and she was actually, after a little while, the one that said, I think we should go to Oregon. And... I personally, you know, looking at watching other documentaries and why they picked Oregon, Oregon was practical, you know, um, and, and uh, they weren't even at first, they didn't even know if they wanted to go to America. So this could have happened in like China if things would have gone differently for all we know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, but Oregon was extremely practical because the land was very inexpensive and they were able to secure lots of it. They ended up buying in Oregon a hundred um, square mile, what was it, 64,000 acres or something like that, a hundred square mile was the amount of land that they bought. So they bought tons of land. They had all of the, a, a big, big portion of their contributors were actually from California. Mm -hmm. Oh, and let me go back too, because I remember I was telling you, I wanted to tell you something about how Osho made people feel welcoming. So one thing I, I had read that Osho, what he would do is a lot of people found out about him and were from California. So in this time where he was like still in his apartment level, a lot of people, psychiatrists especially, which I thought was interesting, from Southern California were flying to India because at this time, which was the 70s, People were in search of enlightenment, and here's this guy in India, so a lot of people were going to India, the Beatles included, as well as Diana Ross. Wow. Also, Diana Ross went to go see Osho, actually. Hmm. Osho specifically. So anyways, I found, though, that um, people from the U.S. were going, and Westerners were all going to India because everyone was out searching for enlightenment at this time. And they... Um, Ended up with Osho because Osho was actually fluent in English. So he would do his his lectures and you know his foreign language and then he would do stuff in English. So he actually made it very easy for Southern Californian people to to hear what he was preaching about, so you know? So he's successful because he spoke English. He was English. successful because he spoke English, exactly. <laughs> like, and he would, he, one lady talked about how he, um, she had never, she didn't know what was going on, she didn't know the language, so she just went and she listened and she was captivated just by listening alone. And at the end of this session, um, it was a meditation session they were doing, I believe. At the end, though, she goes to him and she doesn't know what to say because she doesn't 
speak anything. And he starts talking to her in English. And she was just like, and he pulls her to the back and he has a whole conversation with her about his enlightenment and about like what they're doing. And she's just like, yeah, cool. He made her feel warm and welcomed. And he spoke love bombing and he spoke her language. So it was like, wow. So this person cares enough to, to pull me aside speak my language, make me feel comfortable, you know? So I'm sure, like, that was a very comforting thing. But yeah. I think, but I think though, my point I was trying to get make out of all that was he, I think, blew up, so to speak, so successfully because of the whole language barrier thing. Like, he was able to overcome that. And so, I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. a very interesting point. Yeah. So... We're in Oregon. We're in Oregon now. <laughs> so we've gone to Oregon. Sheila led us all the way out here. She got us 64,000 acres. So what's funny to me about Osho is I feel like he kind of was like, I just want to do my thing. I need other people to do all the legal stuff for me. Yeah. Like he didn't really have any part of it. He didn't want any part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where Sheila kind of stepped in. And she was like the head honcho of administration. And she was... I feel like, okay, so I don't know if it's too soon to say this or not. Say it. Okay. Don't I do it. feel like this was a cult. However, and I do feel that Osho may have been considered the leader, but I don't feel that he was the negative in this cult. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah, anti-Sheila. I, I know a lot happened over many years with mm-hmm. Sheila, so yeah. let's kind of summarize. Yeah. Um, the state was going to try to vote them off the land. So. There's a lot that happened, yeah. yeah. So when they first got to Oregon, they wanted to start building their commune. Mm-hmm. And the land that they bought was zoned as farmland. So every building that went up at the time had to be used as a farming Mm -hmm. building in some way or another. So like when they went to build their hall, they proposed it as a greenhouse. (laughs) So Sheila, I found, was really, really good about finding loopholes. Yeah. At one point, she even brought in homeless from all over the Mm -hmm. states to become legal voters. There was a lot of things that happened. So, and you know, it's so, okay, when I watched the documentary Wild Wild Country, when I watched it, I was kind of at first like, hey, why don't, why don't you people of Oregon just leave them alone and, like, let them be them and mind your business? Like, who cares what they're off doing? Cause, and that's kind of how I got it at first. But then I read or I watched this other documentary on YouTube where they talked about, no, that's not quite what happened. What had happened was Sheila wanted to start building certain things and she couldn't get around it because of the farming permits so then to to figure that loophole out she they decided they were going to become an incorporated city so that they can make their own rules and then so they started bringing in first they brought 150 people which primarily were from california and most of them were actually the donators and she would convince people to sell off all their possessions everything they own and donate it all to osho's cause (laughs) <laughs> and move up here and just be with Osho. And, like, some people got to live in huts. A lot of people lived in tents. And, like, at first it was kind of a big old hot mess. Um, 
then um, it turned into the the way the reason I guess that the city had gotten involved was because it wasn't the city that they had built. The city next door, Antelope, was mm -hmm. the city that they ended up having problems with because there was a building for sale in Antelope that they wanted to buy and use as their administrative building and their press their, for his books because they would sell publications. That's kind of what they did, one of the ways they made money. So they couldn't buy it for whatever reason and Sheila couldn't get through a loophole. So what what they decided was they were going to try to take over Antelope. And that's when the kind of the feuds with the, the government and the Rajneesh kind of started Okay. When when that happened. So it was really interesting, though, just how many loopholes this woman found in getting these this town, and now the town over, kind of established and set up. So, I mean, they these people had everything. Like, this commune had a friggin' airport. Dang. What, like, what commune builds an <laughs> airport? <laughs> Crazy. One of the things I found really funny because uh -huh. I know you. Yes. Is when Sheila messed with the food because you come from a culinary background. I do. And you always tell me not to eat from salad bars. Yeah. <laughs> See, I would have been safe. Right. I would have been safe from you Sheila. You would have been the hero. That's right. I'd be like, all you guys have food poisoning and salmonella now, but not me. Not me. I know that's unsanitary. Yeah, she she tried. So something that I thought was crazy about that is she, that was her fourth attempt. The salad bar. Well, let's talk yeah. about what she did real quick. She had people spray salmonella on salad bars in yes. various restaurants, so it's hard to track. Ten, ten different restaurants, yeah, mm -hmm. because she actually, okay, so this is what this broad did, this bitch. This broad. This bitch decides that of their already um, Rajneesh Puram, let's at least address the city when it was named. Yeah. So the city was named Rajneesh Puram. I'm saying that as best I can here. <laughs> and it's know. still not it's very still good. still not good, no. <laughs> so anyway, so in the city she found this little kind of like hidden area where she starts building a secret laboratory. She also like secretly like recorded people. Yeah, like, she was kind of crazy. She's like Nixon times ten. Yeah, she's a little <laughs> crazy there. Okay, so she's got this secret lab that she was working with one other person. I can't recall their name, but they um they started trying to. She was curious on ways that she could do chemical warfare without getting caught. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Right? Yeah, so they decided that salmonella was uh, the easiest way, and the first time they tested it was uh, to see if it would even work. They they made the sam salmonella in the lab. Um, so they the first time they tried it was there was three building inspectors that were coming out to inspect buildings that they had put up. And they are like, oh, would you like some water? <laughs> so messed up. That's so messed up. Here, have some water. You guys are probably hot and thirsty. So they gave him water with salmonella in it. And one guy had, went to, he would have died if he didn't go to the emergency room right away. Like, he got that sick. Um, another guy was in the hospital for, like, two days. And then the third guy didn't drink. So I guess he was, like, fine. I don't know. I don't know uh -huh. what happened with the third guy. The third guy's a mystery. So anyway, so they're like, cool, it works. We made these people all really sick. They never intended to kill anyone and just 
to clarify, they never did actually kill anyone. Yeah. But they did make attempts. Well, Sheila made attempts. Let's clarify. Sheila made attempts. Can I say my favorite of the attempts yes. was the beavers? The beavers! <laughs> she found out that beavers have a lot of like... One. Oh, it was in the... I didn't hear oh, it. Oh, it's in the documentary. Remember. I remember. Apparently, the beavers. beavers carry a lot of diseases. So they decided to go get a bunch of beavers. And they went to go release them into the water. So the, I was going to say, wait, I remember this. Yeah. It didn't work very well. But I guess they couldn't fit the beavers through a gate into the water. So this part is not, I think, what's the word? It's like conjecture if this actually uh -huh. happened. Because yeah. one of the people in the documentary said he heard it from one of the cops. Right. So it may not have happened, but apparently... One I heard, too, was that they tried to put salmonella in the water... Um, what do they call those things? The water tower. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, since the beavers wouldn't fit in live, they took them back home. <laughs> Blended them up and then put the blended up beaver into the water. No. I, wait, I think I do vaguely remember yeah. a story like that. Sheila. If that's true, that's insane. Yeah, Sheila, you are fucking nuts, okay? <laughs> Girl. Okay, so and what else did she do? So, oh yeah, she'd also taken a group of people into a grocery store and sprayed it on the produce. Oh, jeez. Yeah, like this bitch was always trying to poison people. So, um, I think she started getting paranoid. I think so, too. Especially yeah. um, when they found out that Osho's personal doctor was going to help him commit suicide. Yeah. So then she set up a whole assassination plot. Uh -huh. And then she tried to get the same woman to assassinate an official from the government. Yes. Like, like yeah. She had, like, a list of people mm -hmm. she was trying to just nope you're done you're done there was one woman she was she was freaking nuts so so there was a woman that was trying like trying to stand up against Sheila that was within the community and she was trying to speak out against Sheila because she was kind of like uh I think that what you're doing is kind of wrong you're getting a little out of hand Sheila and so she wrote this letter to like a council or some other people and um, she intercepted the letter and she was not happy. So as a result for this woman writing a letter stating that she's not happy with the job that she was doing. I mean, the rational thing was to have her uterus removed. That's so scary. <laughs> yes, I know. Could you imagine? And at this point, they also had like, they, and I don't know if they used it amongst members, but they had started acquiring weapons because I know Sheila was very paranoid that they were going to be attacked. Because at one point they were. They were attacked. The hotel was attacked. But right. it was not by the government or anything. It was an Islam terrorist group had attacked them. Oh. Yeah. And so, but she was trying to use it as an excuse. So it came out like at that time that it was an Islam terrorist group that had attacked them, not other people from Oregon. <laughs> but it came out that, you know, she was, or yeah, it was this other group. And then um, she was like, no, 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 look what they're trying to do to us. So she was using it to fuel her, her fear that she was putting into her people, mm -hmm. so to speak. So I, I say her people because I think at this point she was really the one run, running the show. She had people loyal specifically to her. To her, yeah. And then not only that, but at, when did Osho have a, his take his vow of silence? Because he did that for a while, for like yeah. a couple months. I thought it was a few years. Years, yeah. 
So it's a long time, though, that he literally didn't say anything. And she's like, you got to do this. You got to do that. And she was making all these, like, changes and stuff kind of on his behalf. So, and I think that's part of what makes this such an interesting cult, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and to start just kind of wrapping up, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of frightening to me to see Sheila in Wild Wild Country mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And just see how she's working on an old folks' home, and mm-hmm. like everybody's so comfortable she with owns her. She two of them. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, when I found kind of toward the end of all this, so all this kind of came, I think, to a, a boiling point in 1985, where Sheila and Osho actually are. Osho had been talking for a little while now at this point, and Sheila had through listening to her tapes and her recordings because she bugged all sorts of places. She bugged his Mm -hmm. house, she bugged, you know, everywhere basically. And she had all these recordings that she would listen to in her secret lab. She sounds like an evil villain. She is an evil villain. So she she would listen to these and then she was kind of like, all right, I'm done with this shit. And she was gonna leave, but, and she she left the commune and she went to Germany and that's where they picked her up. Yeah. And then Osho tried to leave too and go back to India yep. because they they were served in October. It was October 1985. They were served with um, their immigration lawsuits or whatever that they were getting charged with. And she was sentenced to 20 years and served two. And he was. I don't know. I don't remember how much time he was sentenced to, or he was deported. Yeah, he was just deported. He didn't go to jail. Some people found funny that he was trying to flee the country, but our government still pursued him to incarcerate him just to deport him anyway. Right. But I I get. I get it. Having him in prison shows like we got him. (laughs) You know, we served justice. Yeah, I think that, and then I think too, you got to make a message out of like, hey. Maybe don't come over here and start cults, you know? I don't know. Um, One thing that Sheila says now is if you don't accept what happened in Oregon, then Mm -hmm. you're not fully accepting the belief Mm -hmm. and that you're not looking at how it failed for a point. But I thought that was funny because it failed because of what she was doing. What she was doing, yeah. Yeah, she she made this whole kind of battle between herself and the Mm -hmm. government. She kept escalating on them. Yeah. That's interesting. That's kind of like a quote I had found that he said that I think sums up like what what his belief was. And one thing he would say was um, any religion which considers life meaningless and full of misery and teaches the hatred of life is not a true religion. Religion is an act that shows how to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. So that is nice. Yeah, it is kind of nice, right? So let's so. go through our our um, checklist. Our checklist, but what I think we should do is look at mm-hmm. this as two separate, two separate leaders. Yeah, I was thinking that because okay. I think it's it's such a unique situation mm-hmm. and dynamic with this one. You mm-hmm. know, this dynamic duo. <laughs> yeah. So I think that leads into our first one, charismatic mm-hmm. leader, which. We sound like we're in agreement on both are charismatic. Yes. Both, I think, were charismatic, and I think both were very strong leaders. I mm-hmm. mean, especially, too, with Sheila. She was actually, she 
She was a public figure at one point. Yeah. You know, she ran for commissioner or something. And she like was that. going on talk shows. Yeah, and she was. She was in the news deal. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So she was definitely she was a charming person. So what about alienation? See, this one's interesting because at one point, so Osho was very like. You come to me, like, I'm not gonna, or you can go, come and, come and go as you please, was, I feel, the attitude that Osho had about it. Which, by the way, we should clarify, he wasn't Osho until he was deported back to India. So he's Osho now. Okay. But at first, he was Rajneesh, then he, then Sheila actually renamed him Bhagwan, which means God or Blessed One. Hmm. And, and so now he's Osho. Okay. So. Just to clarify. Okay. So, Bhagwan, switch to that one now. I always think of Osha when I hear Osho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, so he, um, so he struck me, though, as being very, like, come as you are, go as you want, you know? And she, she would say that, but I thought what was interesting is, like, with all the homeless people, which the homeless people all came to, we didn't really talk about why we ended up with all these homeless people and what happened to them. But she needed votes, so which I thought she found another loophole. Yep. So she w started the uh, this program, which they named it. Um, I don't know, she came up with some program though. So she'd come up with this program that was basically she was going to feed and house the homeless there at the community. So they sent buses out, and they go to they went and found. Homeless people, and we're like, we're gonna give you beer. Beer, <laughs> I can talk. Mm -hmm. They're gonna, we're gonna give you beer. We're gonna give you food. You have a place to stay. Like, it's gonna be great. And if you don't like it, we'll give you a bus ticket to go back home. So there was this promise of like, it, it was a pretty safe thing. Like, hey, you're homeless and you don't have anything going on. Yeah, you can come live well. with us. You might as well come live with us. And they were so and happy if you there. Don't like it, yeah. And at first, yeah. And if you don't like it, then you're free to go. Well, because what, she needed a lot of votes, like a lot of votes. So what's going to happen when you pile up that many homeless people? You're going to have too many people. You're going to have, well, not only too many people, but you've got people that are fighting. Mm -hmm. And so fights were constantly breaking out. A lot of homeless people have mental diseases that they weren't prepared to handle. Mm -hmm. So to keep them tame, she started drugging their beer. Like, she was yep. tranquilizing them all or whatever. And one person she tranquilized for, like, three days straight. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I'm going to put her mm -hmm. under very alienating, but for the yes. sense that she was so controlling of these people. And right. When she said they need to be there, they need to be there. And when mm -hmm. they need to leave, they need right. to be gone. And then the other thing, too, is, like, with all these homeless people, she promised, if you're not happy, I'll give you a bus to get home. Maybe five of the people got bus tickets home. Other than that, it was like, no, you can leave. You're free to leave. But I'm not going to help you get anywhere. Gotcha. So it, it's... She wouldn't even pay for a bus ticket I for know, them? that bitch. Yeah. So I think that was... It's like, what are you going to do at that point? You've yeah. got no money. You've got nowhere to go. Like, you're kind of stuck there. Mm -hmm. So I think she made people feel stuck as opposed to like, you can leave. That's absolutely fine. But I'm not going to help you leave. Right. So she did alienate people. So she's two for two. She's two for two. But Juan's only one so far. He's half, yeah. He's only one. So what about a belief system? And how accessible was the information? The information. So this is to me. 
is interesting and I do think that they both would qualify as a cult leader because of this because on the one hand Osho in his younger days went out and he was preaching all this information so he was going out there and saying like this is what I think and this is the information I want to share with you Sheila on the other hand I feel like took it to a whole nother level because she started recording his speeches and she started putting out books or she was she was managing all of it but she was publishing his work and putting it out there for the mass audience. He was though just kind of going around in India at the time like, hey, this is me, this is what I'm about. So it's kind of like iffy with him, mm -hmm. but she for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. She yeah. she held a lot of information from her followers. Mm -hmm. And from him. And from him. She, she was shady to him too. Mm -hmm. So what about an outside evil? <laughs> Sheila, I think, definitely. I don't know that she preached to an outside evil, but she definitely made the rest of the country. The government, the rest of, yeah. yeah. Osho, Absolutely. not so much. I yeah, don't think, I think he made an outside evil. No, I don't think so. And I think that may have been, too, why he never got sentenced and he was just deported, because he really didn't do much, mm -hmm. you know? He... And like, like I'm just kind of here. It's a situation I feel unlike Manson because Manson didn't do anything, but right? he ordered people yes. to do it. Whereas Osho, I don't think knew a lot of this was happening. I think so too. I don't think he knew a lot was happening. He kind of actually came out and said, you know, after all this went down, he went out and he talked negatively of Sheila mm -hmm. and was like, she doesn't represent me. Like, no, you know. Yeah. Like, I didn't know she was doing a lot of those things. Which I, I somewhat believe. I mm -hmm. kind of believe he didn't have an idea what was going on. How about sense of community? Oh, that, we know that was yeah. there. Yeah, that for sure. And she, what I thought was interesting with that was she was actually making money because they claimed, and they were always, I guess, kind of uh, fabricate their numbers a bit, but supposedly there was 575 centers worldwide that were like Osho franchises is how I'm going to describe them, mm -hmm. but they were meditation centers. And so people could buy like Osho's teachings and teach it in their meditation centers. And she, she said, nope, we're done with that. We're not going to do it anymore. You all have to stop doing that and start focusing on building communes. That's mm. what we're doing. So I thought that was really interesting how she was really like, yeah, no, this is the way to do it. Like, yeah. you got to isolate people. And that's the thing. They were isolated, too, because that spot she picked out in Oregon was very, very, like, nothing around for hundreds of miles. Yep. Except for that one little town, but they took that over. She knew what she was doing. <laughs> she, she did. So one last thought I had as to why this cult especially mm -hmm. and some of the other ones you looked at work is even in 2019 mm -hmm. um as someone who's gay and polyamorous i yeah. feel like polyamory is not something oh i wanted to tell people what that <laughs> means because yes. i get a lot of people like what's that word or like is that where you have a bunch of people you sleep with mm -hmm. which what it means is when you can have multiple relationships so it's a little different than like swinging Mm -hmm. where you just have sex with right. other couples or like a lot of open relationships are just like a lot of hookups so it's definitely a type of open relationship but mm -hmm. centered more on having that relationship, relationship with yeah. multiple people so even in 2019 i feel that's not something that we talk about we talk and it's about kind of taboo and people still, look and down on yeah. me like especially i've told my parents because mm -hmm. i'm very open with my life and 
they don't respect that I am polyamorous. And right. I'm like, what's the big deal? Like, everybody knows. Osho would you know? have allowed it. Yeah. <laughs> Osho would have accepted it. And I think yeah. that's why people are attracted to these cults. Because when you're something that society doesn't want to accept, mm-hmm. when you have somebody who will accept that, yes. you flock to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was really a big a big thing. Is that There was so many people at the time that were gay and not allowed to be. Mm-hmm. So this gave them a place to just be who they were. That's why we all love Lady Gaga so much. We're her monsters. She's, but has she given us a place to go live all together? She and be soon. Who we, she's like, she's going to build she's a working up to it. I feel like she could be a cult leader. We would, would all follow her, you Lady know? Lady Gagarden. Gagarden. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. I'm down. But yeah, this was definitely an interesting one it to was. look into. Yeah. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. Anytime. I love your boobs. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yep. And definitely, too, um, again, just as a reminder, we're on social media. We've got... Um, Instagram, Twitter. We've never posted any of that on any of that stuff, but we will. We promise. One day. One day. Very soon. Yeah. And so definitely check out our website, onceuponacult.com. And if you've got some feedback for us, you know, if you just want to tell us to shut up even, like, we want to hear from you guys. Like, let us know what you think. Or if you've got a favorite cult you want us to, to talk about. I don't know. All right. Doesn't everybody have a favorite quote? Yeah, why wouldn't they? (laughs) All right, until next Monday. Until next Monday.